Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Thank you. survived the first two minutes of intros and that means you're ready for an episode of cheap heat the second in a week which greg you have to say that people must love to shoot arrow oh yeah it's the, it's easily easily the best era of cheap heat that i think we've ever given the people i think i noticed a strong of everything that's happened over the uh, first few weeks of the shoot arrow it does seem that the the reaction pod caught people by surprise i don't think they were expecting a a Monday podcast. No, I don't think we were expecting a Monday podcast, but um, and it's really much better. Let's be honest. Friday's probably the worst. It's probably the worst day for podcast release. If I'm being honest, it's just schedule wise, it gives us the most flexibility. But, but people it doesn't give anyone the work commute. A lot of it's only then weekend listening, and then right. I, that's when a lot of people don't listen to podcasts. So we might have to think about that trying to do earlier in the week because the mailbag went brazy this week. Um, and I'm guessing that's mostly from people listening to the reaction pod. Welcome to the shoot. Well, you be, you might be surprised. I, I'm pretty sure some of what's been happening on social media got the mailbag a little crazy too. Wow, what's been happening? Well, Seth Rollins before, right before the pay per view, he sent out a tweet, and I, I guess it was to motivate the rest of the roster. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the mo- yeah, I what the this. reason behind it was like. You know, best pro wrestling on the planet. Period. Then during the kickoff show, he sends another tweet. Um, said, Dublin down, best pro wrestling on the planet. You see that cruiserweight triple threat? And that's just one night, one match amongst many. Find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do as often as I do it. Mm. You can't. Mm. And uh, this kicked off a Twitter feud with Will Ospreay, who... Uh, Simply tweeted, I'm alive, and then Seth and, Seth and uh, Will traded some jabs back and forth. Yes. Uh, and so how, how what were Osprey's responses like? Were, was it 
I mean, are we really going to rate God? This is a bad state of wrestling if we have to break down the Twitter war. But did did people think? Uh, no, people. From what I saw, people thought that Rollins was just crushing him with every response, um, which included, you know, the final nail in the coffin, which was, um, you know, Will Ospreay tweeted, you know, fun fact, I've had more matches than Seth Rollins this year. To which Seth Rollins replied, since we're talking numbers, uh, shall we compare bank accounts? And it ended, ended the whole thing. That was literally the, oh, well. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. Okay, so. I mean, listen, we all know that's not the be-all, end-all. But, I mean, I will say in wrestling, as much as any other field, the amount that, of money that you're able to make is a big thing. Now, it does matter. It doesn't mean that you're the best performer, but it definitely matters in in some regard, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't care about being no, the draw care. or the gate or, you know, the But here's the thing. The, the one thing that makes it a little bit unfair um, is that, in WWE these days, salaries don't mean – and I, JR was talking about this on his podcast. Um, salaries don't mean that you're putting asses in seats. It's not like the old days where like you could directly watch and be like when Ric Flair had a feud, everyone showed up to see Ric Flair lose. Right. It's, it's, it's harder. Seth specifically – would be a very hard person to rate. And then, in fact, if you wanted to get into it, I didn't plan on going here. I love Seth. You could argue that Seth's kind of been the man in one of these periods that's become one of the worst periods on television. It's, tr- it's sort of true. And um, I mean, that, that's the tough. I, if I was Osprey, that's probably where I would have gone is like, hey, bruh, you got the Universal Championship and the numbers right now are in the Garbaggio. That's my, that might be where I would have went. Um, and I do think – and I, I don't think that's um, Seth's fault. Honestly, I think there's a lot of – a lot of things at play in that being the case, but that's probably the argument I would make. And it's, it goes back to what you were saying too about, you know, putting the asses in the seats. How do you tell who the people are there to see, right? Just because Seth is main eventing or he's the champion and he's the guy that they're throwing at the forefront of the company carrying the title doesn't always necessarily mean that, you know, it's more of a collective effort now than it was in the territory days where they would just plaster one person's face yeah, on the sure. poster and people would say, I'm going to see that Rick person. Claire. Yeah. I mean, it, it or is Hulk Hogan or right. whoever it was. That is a different. It is a different animal altogether. Um, all right, but that's interesting. And it's interesting that Seth decided. I wonder what it was that made him. What conversations being had? You know, is it the Moxley conversations that are everywhere that well, got he, irritating? He definitely spoke on the Moxley situation. He sat down with uh, Sports Illustrated, and he just shared basically that he felt, you know, people who are disgruntled sort of make their place in the WWE. So I, I don't have a direct quote, but it, it it felt like he was taking shots at John Moxley. At least that's how I interpreted it, and I know some people interpreted it that way as well. Uh, I don't... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know that that's to be true. They, they, they were for their friends. Uh, they seem to be cool with each other, but he also made a point to say that, you know, he didn't run his thoughts about what John Moxley said in the podcast by John because he felt like he doesn't need to. He said... John's a big boy. He can handle it. Well, it's true. I mean, John didn't run his thoughts by the rest of the Shield, I'm sure. I'm yeah. guessing he we did those interviews and he wasn't like, hey, guys, are you okay with this? <laughs> right. So I don't think that's what, what he would happen. So I get it. Um, but, yeah, he um, – I see. Uh-huh. In that Sports Illustrated interview, he just said he got tired of people trashing WWE, the place that he loves, and he was going to start fighting back and speaking his mind, and he did. he did just that. What you need to speak back with is 
quality product. Um, but he can only do so much of that too. Right. He's he's in one match on any given night. Right, and he can control only so much of his own character and his own story. So, yeah, that is challenging when you feel like because I mean I, I definitely understand what it's like. I'm loyal to all the places I work, you know, probably to a fault, and have like you know definitely crushed relationships, professional and personal, <laughs> over the places that I work. So, um, I understand that, you know, and, and and certainly when you're working there, you are inclined to defend it. Even the things that you, I mean, listen, I, I still defend it in, in spite of the, fa- the fact that there are a lot of things that I think are wrong right. and that I don't like. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, but anyways, we'll get more into WWE and AEW as time goes on. What else happened outside I, the ring? Just to put a cap on this, though, I'll say this. In terms of, you know, for me, from a talent perspective, I do feel like WWE has the most talented roster in wrestling. Um, I agree. Whether they are using it right or anything like that. Is a completely different story, but there isn't a company on the planet that can mess with them from a talent perspective, um, which leads me into Evolve. WWE announced that they were going to be airing Evolve's 10th anniversary show on the network, and this, too, caused a little social media scrum, this time from Kenny Omega, because he... Well, the thing about this Evolve show is that it's going to be airing head-to-head with AEW's pay-per-view Fight of the Fallen, Fight for the Fallen. Okay. And Kenny Omega took to Twitter to say this about the news that WWE is going to be doing this. And I quote. This is very interesting, by the way. I did not know that they were going to carry the Evolve show. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yo, kudos to them. Kudos to Evolve for getting this on the network. They've been partnering with the... WWE for a while, and it seemed to me that the only manifestations of the partnership was WWE superstars showing up to Evolve shows. Um, there wasn't being aired anywhere. I guess pop the crowd, sell some tickets, but them getting their tenth anniversary on the network for people to see. Oh, that that, and that be showcased. Yeah, and that's okay. I want to hear what people said, but yeah, that is a clue. That is a clear kind of move by WWE. So but, go ahead. Everyone was excited about it, and then Kenny Omega tweets this. Um, if lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. He's since deleted the tweet, but I guess he was upset that WWE was airing his uh, the Evolve show at the same time as Fight for the Fallen, which they were giving some proceeds to um, the Parkland victims. Wait, so just because they're giving proceeds to Parkland victims, that means they should not run competition against it? Well, that's that's what I – I mean, listen. AEW has asked for competition since before their first show. They're getting it. I don't understand what the problem is. Also – Well, WWE is like, yo, you're not ready for us yet, but we're going to send out our little our little cousin. Right. If uh, NXT is the minor leagues, then, you know, what uh, is Evolve, evolve yeah. on, the, on the totem pole, right? And that's the thing, too. You claim to love wrestling and independent wrestling. And, yes, Evolve has a relationship with WWE, but it's not under the WWE banner. So you re- how, like, how can you be upset about an indie running a show miles away from you? They're, they're not in the same town. Not even near each other. Isn't, isn't, is the Evolve here or Chicago? I think it's in Chicago. I'm not I, sure. I, think, I thought it was Chicago. I could be wrong. I thought it was here in Chicago. It might be Brooklyn. But it's not. It's not in Florida where the fight for the Fallen is. No, definitely not. And so... The people who are going to the AEW show are going to be there regardless. You're going to get that money. 
Same thing with Evolve. And then they're both going to be on streaming apps so people can watch both. There was no reason to to sort of feel that kind of way and feel feel so threatened by by what's going to be a fun, another fun show if you if you just want to be an alternative you can't be an alternative if you don't have a competition you know what i mean you can't compete if you want the lane to be cleared you're not competing well first of all the NXT it's in Philadelphia it's July 13th um in Philadelphia and they have Adam Cole defending the NXT championship on the show. Listen, it's going to be a good show. Adam Cole is an Evolve alum. A lot of the people in NXT um, were on Evolve at some point in their career. From Akira Tozawa, Drew Gulak, Matt Riddle. They're, um, and they're all there. Yeah, they're going to be there, as they should. It's the 10th anniversary show. So, I mean. Well, it's funny because if AEW didn't exist. this. So, guys, listen. If people are if people, If you're mad about this. No, no. Kenny Omega is literally the only person that I saw that was upset mad. in any way about this. And he had to delete the tweet because people... But it goes against the point. The point of AEW, besides to have a great wrestling promotion, is in theory to make the wrestling business better. Which they're doing. It's now having that effect. It. So it had the effect already. WWE now is forced to air evolve. And the NXT championship is going to be... Now, maybe they would have done that anyway, even if they weren't. But I don't know. Either, it makes we don't the show know. It better. begs the question. They can claim that they were going to do it anyway, like they did. They have another. The NXT UK show is going um going to be airing the same day as another AEW pay per view. Now, granted, because the UK show is going to be uh, overseas, there's a time difference, so there's not really any overlap. But again, this is exactly what you asked for, right? Let, let's let's make see if wrestling can improve because there's competition, and now WWE wants to air evolve. I, I that's crazy to me that they're even doing it. I'm shocked that they're doing it. Uh, I, mean, and I, I wonder how much um, – actually, you know what? This is a perfect time. We're going to do a little phoner here real quick, SUG. Yeah, let's do – it's the shoot era. It's the shoot era. Anything can happen. It's also the wild card era, so right. you never know. Welcome to the shoot era, baby. And, you know, while you're dialing that up, though, I, I also want to point out it's sort of hypocritical too. Like, And that's so, that's been my issue with – like I want to like AEW. They have a talented roster as well. Um, I didn't see Double or Nothing, but I heard it was a good show. I watched All In. That was a good show. But the hypocrisy of it all. You can't, you cannot attack. And we did get something in the mailbag that asked why you seem to be so anti-AEW. I'm not anti-AEW. I just don't, I don't hate them. I I don't hate them. I hate their ways. Wow, you really hate, you hate their ways. That's a strong. No, I mean, if you're going to call it hate. That's, that's my, it's not towards the company. Welcome to the shoot, Towards how they move sometimes. Like, you can't attack the McMahons for, um, doing a Saudi show and doing business with the Saudis when the cons also do business with the Saudis. It doesn't make sense. You can't get on your high horse about that. Well, and that's a known thing. What business do the cons do with the, Saudis? um, they, they've bought hotels from them. They've, they they've, um, I think they sent them $250 million in 2016 for another real estate purchase. So it's like the cons sort of in a backdoor kind of way probably funded this WWE venture. Um, all right. Have you, um, have you watched the wrestlers at all? I have not. You haven't seen any episodes yet? I have not. That's surprising to me. Are you, uh, aware of it? I am. This is the Viceland show, right? Yes. Um, and I have been meaning to get Damian Abraham on the show for a minute, um, to talk about the show and it's wrapping up like it's, it's, it's at the tail end right now. How many episodes do they have? Was it like a 10 like, episode it's run? Eight or 10. 
Hello. Damien. Rosenberg. How are you, man? Good, man. I'm really excited to get to talk to you. Our, I didn't let this on in the text messages, but our show runner director is a super fan of yours, so this is going to make his birthday week. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Nathan. Well, tell Nathan he's mage, and uh, welcome to the shoot arrow. Oh, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, Stack Guy Greg is here as well, and I was I was just filling him in a little bit on the wrestlers. Now, first of all, when does when does the season wrap? Next week we have two kind of actually I think probably the two most interesting episodes are the season finale technically uh, next Wednesday at ten o'clock Eastern time. And who who do next week's feature? Next week features a look at the Exoticos and Timpanella, Escarlata. Um, uh, Estrella Divina and sort of this whole sector of, of Mexican Lucha Libre, which is originally kind of rooted in, in homophobia, but now has been kind of fought for as a space for gay men to be open with their sexuality. And then Voodoo Catch, which is wrestling in the Congo where they use magic in the ring. Whoa. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, good in. for that. We're going I'm to Africa. In. I'm in. Shout out to Africa. Shout out to Africa. That's amazing. Um, uh, Absolutely. That wrestling, I think, in the Democratic Republic of Congo is more popular than anywhere else in the world. Like, they show the WWE in some form of edited package every single day on TV. And everywhere I went, because I'm bald and bearded, people would be like, hey, big show, big show. <laughs> how, wait, how tall are you, Damien? I'm nowhere near big show side. I'm about 6'1". So, okay. Well, uh, they would be really impressed when they saw the real big show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who is, who is, you know, well, he's kayfabe 7'2", in real life probably 6'9". But still um, gargant. But so. still gargant, confirmed. Now, real quick, the reason I thought to call you right now at this point in the show, and by the way, you can go catch up with all the episodes of The Wrestlers on the Viceland app on your Roku or your Apple TV, um, and you, you can watch next week on Viceland. Um, Wednesday night... 10 o'clock? Wednesday, 10 o'clock, and then the second episode's at 11 o'clock. Okay, all next week. Um, I thought about you right now because we were just talking about the fact that Evolve 131 is going to be – their 10th anniversary is going to air on the WWE Network. And the, the first episode really focuses a lot on Evolve. Um, are you surprised at all that this move is happening or based on what you observed and heard – are you not surprised that the relationship's that strong with WWE and that they would air potentially like this on the WWE Network? Yeah, I think this is the way it's kind of logically been, you know, pardon the, the pun in this case, but evolving. You know, like this has been where it's been going. I think, you know, it, it's, I'm surprised it took this long for the WWE to kind of recognize Gabe Sapolsky for kind of the talent scout that he is. Like if you look at the top half of the card for the last – 10 years longer even it's been you know Gabe Sapolsky people that have come through Gabe Sapolsky at some point be it through ROH or now through Evolve so yeah it just it just kind of makes sense it's a logical progression um also you you focused a lot on Darby Allen um and that was episode one as well right yeah yeah um and now he is popping up and you know just had a match with Moxley um, has a big pay-per-view match coming up with Cody Rhodes. What do you think the ceiling is um, for Darby? I think it's amazing to watch Darby. Like he, his career is only like three years deep at this point. Um, when we first met him, when we were shooting that Evolve thing. It was almost one year to the day that he started at Evolve, and uh, he's got this charisma, you know. And he's he's just he speaks to people that very few wrestlers speak to, and that's like a, a certain type of fan that doesn't necessarily identify with. 
you know, even like a Seth Rollins or someone like that. Like this is someone who who speaks to the real sort of underdogs of the world. And I think he's got a huge future in front of him. The stuff he's willing to do in the ring, if he can survive, he's got a huge future in front of him because I've seen him, you know, nearly die several times at this point. Yeah, it was scary just watching the episode, frankly, um, not and not just the wrestling part. I mean, just him and his people on skateboards was was scary enough to watch. <laughs> Um, what, was terrifying to shoot. what was what was the the craziest or most fascinating thing you observed doing this show, The Wrestlers on Viceland, where you 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 went to different places all over the world to see how they do wrestling? What was the craziest thing you saw? I think wrestling in the Congo. I think wrestling in the Congo, like they they use magic, and the magic varies. Like sometimes it'll just be someone freezing their opponent, or or making the referee go into a trance and then do a dance. But then it, it it escalates, and so sometimes it'll be someone you know removing their opponent's eyeball, and it'll be a very bloody sleight of hand where their opponent's eye is removed. And then this one woman, her finishing move, because when women wrestle, it's always intergender, and her finishing move is she goes back to the corner of the ring, gets the knife. Uh, makes her opponent lie down and then castrates them and eats his their uh, his penis in the middle of the ring. Is that the video you sent me earlier? That was the video I sent you earlier. That was that was terrifying. <laughs> that is a terrifying event. <laughs> it was that was my birthday. Then and I'm just watching this unfold. And and that's I'm what like, she gave you for your birthday. For. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, dude. Yes. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. Now, is it? Are people really getting worked? Like, are there people yes. there? It's like the '80s. Like people, are like, oh my gosh, she actually cut his joint off. When she leaves the ring, and you see that in the episode, like that, the, the video I sent you today is just my cell phone camera footage. In the episode itself, you see her when she leaves the ring, and when she leaves the ring, it's like Bruiser Brody in Japan. Like it is, people are running and and screaming and never coming back. Like the army and the police that were hired to do security for the wrestling show just just left, <laughs> just like never came back. They were like, uh, "It's in your own hands now. We don't want any of this." So in your um, in in its own way, is it almost like going in a time machine and getting to see what the reactions felt like in territory wrestling? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that I found really surprising. Like you go to places like Bolivia, even parts of Mexico. Like the the emotion that's being given off by the crowd is really different than where we're at now in in America and Canada and England for wrestling. Like it's just uh it's very raw and very you know like you know for lack of a better word, real. Like, the emotion that people are giving off is just so visceral. You don't think people are showing that same real emotion when they watch the 24-7 championship change hands? <laughs> How dare you? Um, I, think, I think we appreciate it in a different way. Yeah, no, no, there's still an appreciation. And then the funny part yeah. is a lot of people are emailing saying that's their favorite part of the show right now. So It's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Yeah, people, people really love the 24-7 championship. But... um. Damien, I'm sorry this took so long to do, and at some point down the road when things are calm, I'd definitely love to have you in studio just to talk about what's going on with the product right now. Oh, I'd love to come back anytime. This is a, an amazing show, and obviously you're an amazing personality in all of the facets that you take up in the entertainment sphere. Oh, well, that's very, very, very kind of you. Um, I wish the WWE saw it that way. No, I'm, I'm half kidding. <laughs> um, well, the wrestler feels that way, so anytime you want to come on and we can do a co-hosting thing. Oh, I would, I would, I would love to. If, if you come back for season two, I'd love to take a trip with you and go do some wacky stuff somewhere. We'll go to the Congo. I would love. I would love to go to the Congo. I'll go back right now. All right, watch. Uh, go to the get the Viceland app or watch it live on Viceland. The finale, two episodes next Wednesday. But I know a lot of people are probably going to hear this and go binge it this weekend and get ready for it. I'm um, sorry this took, took took so long. And well done with the show, dude. Oh, uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, dude. Peace, Damien. Peace, buddy. There he is. That is uh, Damien. Abraham, the host of The Wrestlers. Greg. And that's how you sell a show. I mean, let's you, I, I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. I can't, honestly, I feel bad. 
I've been so caught up with other stuff that I have not done the job promoting it that I should have done because I should have been every week telling you about. But I've only watched a couple episodes so far. Um, but the episode episode one about Evolve and Darby Allen is great. Um, episode two or three is um, heavily about MVP. And it's great. I mean, I haven't even really seen him go to the wacky places yet. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the binge this weekend too. That finale sounds like it's gonna be ridiculous in, in the best possible way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. So anyways, that's a perfect way to wrap up the whole Evolve story. Um, what else? Anything else outside the ring, SGG? No, that was it. It was just Twitter going wild, uh, between Kenny Omega and Rollins and Osprey. Um, and you know, and you bashing AEW. There's so much going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. We already talked a good amount about, uh, the pay-per-view, obviously. Grounds have been stomped. Names have been taken. Um, asses have been kicked. Um, so then we get, uh, Monday Night Raw. The first thing I, I take away from this week is, it's not even the, they don't even, do they even mention wild card on Monday? No, but I mean, that's, it, it's just now, it's just loose. It's yeah. just everyone's everywhere. <laughs> it's no brand split. There is no brand split anymore. I, I love Kofi. But I don't need to, for example, I don't need to see the SmackDown, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions on Raw. Yeah, against, uh, wait, the the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, oh yeah, they were on Raw too. Who they, they they teamed up with the Raw Tag Team Champions, the, the, the set of champions that's supposed to be there. Right. To face the Usos Usos and and the New New Day. Right. And then you get, and then here's okay. There's a few things that are just weird. Number one, the fact that the wild card thing, which granted we all hated, so I'm probably happy that they stopped talking about it. But so, but now, it didn't reverse anything though, because now everybody's just showing up everywhere. Well, so now it's just completely loose. Right. There is no, and like, there's no mention of it. They're just like, like there was no. I don't even know how many of each brand were on the other brand this week. In fact, I'm starting to forget Roman. The Roman story played out on Monday, not Tuesday. <laughs> Correct. The Undertaker came back to save Roman on Raw, and Roman is a SmackDown star now. Yeah, like why? And and we got we we have something in the mailbag. Um, mail. And someone sent a message about that specifically earlier today about how basically, you know, what is special about SmackDown at this point? Um, yeah, wild card ruled. Freddie Nunez wrote us and said the wild card rule is killing SmackDown. Um, it's just not as interesting. The interesting stuff, interesting stuff happens on Raw the night before. I've noticed that Roman doesn't even appear on the show. Um, he also says, "Stay Mage." Oh, and P.S. I love Greg, but his take on the Lacey Evans versus Becky match from Stomping Grounds made me physically congested with rage. <laughs> LOL. Bro, I'm with you on Biker Undertaker being the best Undertaker. I'm with you on Bret Hart being the best ever. But when you said that match was, quote, good, no, man, no. Love you guys. Subjective. Um, yeah, I don't – I have – well, you said Becky versus Lacey was good? Yeah. By the way, there are other people who said that too. I think you're all crazy. But and anyways, let's go back to this. See, there, I got some crazy people on my side too. I, we think you're crazy. No, that match was – I, I, I. it was one spot. It was one spot. And you know what? Forgive me too. I watch wrestling to get worked. And the announcers cleaned that like they they did the the meanest sleight of hand. They cleaned it up quick because I, I you didn't notice it, was, it the first time. I thought it was a botch, and then I was like, "Oh, they she gave, slipped." No, they gave the explanation of like, "Oh yeah, Becky tried to fake her out." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it was a fake out." 
And then you watch it again, and it's clearly a botch. But I'm not revising my position on that match. I enjoyed it. Um, that's fair. You should stand by your your, your opinions. Um, so yeah, everything is everywhere right now. There. Okay, and then we have to specifically talk about Undertaker in a second. But I just wanted to clearly have a moment where we delineate right here on during the shoot arrow. That we say. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. They, the wild card thing was clearly what we knew it was. It was just a way to say, let's just wipe away the brand split. And, yeah. and here we are now. Now, there's upside for Kofi, I guess. I don't know if he wants to work both nights. Oh, well, he wouldn't work it anyway. Because they were doing house shows for SmackDown on, on <laughs> They Monday. absolutely were. So he's working anyway. He'd probably rather be on TV. Um, the cool thing is, you know, I think Kofi right now is being treated basically like Seth. I mean, the SmackDown does... The fact that he's not SmackDown exclusive helps him. Though it is weird to have two main championships on the same show. Yeah. It, like, what's the point of that? Exactly. The point is that one's a SmackDown thing. So anyways, they're going to have to figure that out. And I'm sure this is all about Fox and what Fox wants and figuring out how that all looks. But I'll tell you what Fox probably doesn't want is to have the overlapping storylines with NBC because then it ends up being like... um Freddie Nunez said in his email that the interesting things will happen on a Monday, and you then by the time Tuesday. you get to Friday, or then then Friday, yeah, then what? So interesting, and it's so interesting. That it's going to be live on Fridays. Yeah, uh-huh. that's going to be a tricky part. That's but. so weird. It's never aired live on Fridays. No, never been live on Fridays. Um. So, anyways, we'll. It's wild. Um. No pun intended. Undertaker showing up. Uh, I'm going to say a positive thing. I don't know the last time an Undertaker return legit surprised me. This surprised me. Well, because they always announce it. Right. It's always they like. They tell you that the dead man is going to be showing up, making his return. Or he has a match coming up in Saudi Arabia or whatever it may, or Australia or whatever it is. In this case, he just shows up to, to team up with Roman. And here's the question. Why? Is there any speculation as to why he wants to do this? I have no idea why. And, and. That was exactly my reaction when the gong hit. You know, the excitement, the adrenaline hit, and then it came down. And then the first thing I could think of when I got my faculties back is why? Why is he here? And I guess that's why I have to watch next week and see if anybody can explain it. Because he has that match at Extreme Rules. And maybe it's just to wipe away the stench of the Goldberg match. Because we all saw he wasn't happy with it. No, no, he was um, not. But yeah, that is the question that's looming over everything. And and at this point, you know, I think if the Undertaker is going to be making returns and popping up, the best way for them to execute that is the way they did it Monday, which is to have him have the gong hit and have him show up. Because if you announce that the Undertaker will be there, then it's going to take everybody completely out of it. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not right. Um. I am happy about it though. I think that uh, my guess is it is cover your ears, Dip. My my, I imagine it really is the how annoyed he is about the match he had with Goldberg, and he's just like, I can't. This isn't the last thing I'm doing. Like that is not how it ends for me. Not at all, and, and it shouldn't be. And someone and someone made the point on either Twitter or in the mailbag that and the mailbag, by the way, is RosenbergBeats at Gmail dot com. Although it is going to be hard to get, we got so many this week that it's going to be hard to get to a lot of them, but. Someone made the point that um, him in a tag team with a really currently 
capable superstar is probably the way he should have been being used for the last couple of years. Because you can hide him, and then you can come in, and he can do the choke slam, do a tombstone. He can old get him school. out of there. Yeah, he can still do old school. Out of there. Yeah, like he. It almost makes you think he didn't have to look this bad the last couple of years. Although it is crazy. I mean, when you think about how big a deal his retirement was, it may be the worst, most glaring ignoring of a retirement ever in WWE. And that's saying something. Worse than Mick Foley's? Like, Mick Foley came back like three weeks later. So it's a great point. And Mick, Foley, like, and Mick Foley's been fired, quit, <laughs> right. retired. But The Undertaker's was made such a big deal. The, that closing to WrestleMania that year was like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they undid it was, it was very well done. But you're right. Like, they should have just, it should have just remained that way. Put him in the Hall of Fame and never use him again. Don't even break the glass. And now it's like, well, is he just going to come back full time? Like, here's the question. You're telling me they're using him all this time now and SmackDown's going to go to Fox and he's not going to pop up on Fox? Yeah. That doesn't seem possible. As much of a fixture as he was on SmackDown, you have to think that he's going to make an appearance there at some point. The question is, yeah, I wonder from a story standpoint, though, why he why he's going to say that he had to come back to help Roman Reigns. When, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Roman Reigns was capable of beating Shane and Drew by himself on Sunday. He just did it. <laughs> what didn't he have on Monday, though? That's yeah. Part that doesn't but make on sense. Monday, he was really going to die, and now he needed The Undertaker to come back and save him. But either way, it was an actual surprising moment with The Undertaker. So I'll give, I'll give that as positive, but I am confused by this whole thing. Um, Monday, they continued the Becky. Well, you asked for it. You got it, Greg. Shout out yeah. to that guy, Greg. <laughs> yeah. We now have the Becky Seth dating storyline in full effect. And they cut a promo together. And now we find out that they will. And by the way, isn't it crazy how fast they made the matches for Extreme Rules? Yeah, we have a bunch of matches right now. We got, well, Extreme Rules, what, two, three weeks away? It's the week after the fourth. It's the 13th also, or 14th, whatever that week is. The 4th is a Thursday, six, uh, so 6th, 7th, it's the 14th in Philadelphia. Wait, so are you saying the Evolve? Oh. That makes sense. It's, it's, it's Evolve Takeover. Yo, it's Evolve Takeover. It does make sense. So Evolve is Saturday night in Philadelphia, and Extreme Rules is Sunday. Got it. Yeah, they're not playing with AEW. They were locking that weekend up regardless. Well, I wonder how this, I wonder when this all started coming to be because Extreme Rules has been on the calendar for a while. I have a calendar, even though I'm not working any of these dates. I have the working calendar. <laughs> right. And it's been there for a while. So I am curious as to when it all started taking shape. But either way, um, it's a fun, you to be in Philadelphia that weekend? I think I am. Yeah. Trying to go to everything. Yeah, yeah. But I say that all sounds pretty good. I might have to try to go to one of those. Maybe Evolve sounds fun. Yeah. Um, maybe Evolve wants me, you know? <laughs> Come out and manage someone, you know? Um, alright, SGG, what else though? So, Lacey and Seth, it said they set up their match for Extreme Rules with Baron and Lacey. I mean, I gotta tell you, that doesn't excite me. It, um, it doesn't either. The stipulation sort of does win to take all, but also you know who's really taking are Baron all. And Lacey you know who's taking all. Yeah, that's the only thing where I'm just like, the only thing that would have excited me more about this match is if they just went all in with this extreme rule stipulation and made it tornado tag. And then every once in a while, because Baron's the heel, like he maybe snatches Becky up. He doesn't have to hit her, 
But just even like the threat of him doing something to her, like that just raises the stakes. You know that extreme rules these days is more like, it's not extreme. It's like, you know, sort of intense rules. (laughs) Right. It's not extreme. Um, all right. What else happened on Monday? You had, um, well, speaking of sort of intense slash extreme, Kofi got his ass beat and then got yoked up by Samoa Joe. Yeah. Although I'll tell you what, they had Kofi doing way too much. The crowd was flat by the end of it. They didn't really care about his win over Kevin Owens. They had him have back. Well, because it came after a win over Sami Zayn. Like, he didn't need both of them. Did not need both of them. And then he's, and then he gets beat up. I mean, I guess it makes him look really strong, but, and then he gets completely yoked up by Samoa Joe, who lost his, now we got a, a mail message about that too. It being whacked that Samoa Joe lost the United US States to, champion. But here's the thing. To me, it would have been, it makes less sense if like a challenger for the U.S. title, if Ricochet had lost for the U.S. title and then he moves up and challenges, that makes absolutely no sense. But yeah, for no, Joe, I like this. Joe could feel like, you know, I already had the U.S. title. Frank, I lost it. Frankly, that's for guys like Ricochet anyway. I should be going after the the real championship which right. by the way is true it's a fact it's a, it's he 100 should, he shouldn't that's the thing it works for me because in real life he shouldn't be in the US title he's picture. already had challenged for the universal championship he challenged Brock Lesnar he challenged AJ for the WWE title um and this is exactly what we want we don't like these endless rematches cuz that's the alternative he loses to Ricochet and then it happens like it played out with him and Rey Mysterio where they're trading championships he lost it he moved on to a program that we're all going to enjoy yeah, it, it, it's, so, it's so funny too because my buddy Brian, who was here over the week and uh, watching the pay per view with me, he was saying, um, you know, he was like, "Why is this Baron Corbin?" And I think he said Jericho had said the same thing on his podcast. Why is it Baron Corbin and not Samoa Joe? Like it should just be Samoa Joe. Baron Corbin should be in the U.S. title picture. Absolutely. Samoa Joe should be the heel for months who's battling with Seth Rollins. Absolutely. And I think it's a great point. You know, I'm loath to give compliments to Chris Jericho. But that is a really Listen, good point. Garbage can gets a steak every once in a while. I've never heard that before. <laughs> and you went straight to garbage can. <laughs> yeah, you said Lord. Jericho. Oh my lord! <laughs> Welcome to the shoot arrow. Yeah, uh, that is that was even wow. Now I'm going to be the one who takes the heat for that. Welcome to the shoot arrow, baby. Um. So yeah, uh, I think I'm not going to complain about how Samoa Joe ended up. Oh, he just beats the guy up and gets a match. Is that stupid? Yes, it shouldn't be instantaneous. It, I don't think you should attack the guy on Monday and then boom. Extreme rules, they have a match. Well, to be fair, though, that is exactly how Samoa Joe has gotten all of his matches. He shows up, punches people in the face. Puts him in the coquina clutch. From gets. from Jeff Hardy to AJ, even Brock. He didn't exactly attack Brock, but he showed up and let him know like what was happening. Samoa Joe tells you what's happening, and so, that's it. And then apparently everyone listens. So I mean, would you not? I mean, it's a good point. I mean, I would because I love him. He's, he's one of my – in my top five favorite people in wrestling, for sure. I he, love and he has a lot of good ideas. Let's just be honest. He's a smart guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, he's one of the dudes I miss seeing around. That is a great guy. Samoa Joe is the, the coolest dude. Uh, and so good still. And like, should be taken, like, this stage in his career, there's gonna be a time when he's, I mean, he's close. He's already in his forties. Like, but he still go. got it though, and that's the. He that's seems totally good, but when it happens, it happens quick, you know. So, like, I would think with his style, he should be fine into his mid forties. I really do. I would yeah, think absolutely. Forty five, forty six. He should be good. I really do. It's not like he's ever been a high flyer. Um, and that's the thing about the WWE too is like, we give them a lot of flack for the creative side of things, 
but with these performers the way they the way they train them they add so many years to these people's careers even like the stuff that we think is so dangerous like the hardcore stuff and going through the tables and the ladder matches and the tlc stuff it's still safer than anything that they would be doing in any other promotion i would would, that's an interesting question to ask people if they feel that way i would imagine they do um and 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 sometimes a lot of the things that seem like they're the most hardcore are actually the easiest thing to do. I mean, that's one of the classic things about like steel cage matches. Yeah, like Mick Foley was saying that about like the Hell in a Cells, right? Like, yeah, that he's like, all right, cage. Cool. Yeah, except for with the exception of one. <laughs> yeah, well, that there was no rest for that one. That was just that's. I spent a lot of time with that one because Jr. did a podcast about it, and the anniversary passed. It's twenty one years now, I think, and. It's still hard for me to get through the the second, the, the choke slam. No, the first one is tough just because like you keep thinking about what could have been if it just had been one inch off. But not even that. Like, I all right, it was planned. Cool, I get all of that. But at the same time, even when you watch it back, Undertaker's throwing him like he does not care about this guy. Like he just just tossed them. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. He just. He just like it. it I don't get it. I don't get how if Mick. If Mick misses that by six inches or a foot and just hits the railing, he's dead. He dies in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Not only do we lose Mick Foley and does Noel lose her dad and the wrestling changes forever, not just because you don't have Mick Foley, but because wrestling – it just – it's A, terrifying because he's such a great person who could have died. And also, you had to think about it from a wrestling standpoint, what would have happened to the business. Um it's all crazy to think about. And then Mick talked about in his book how he took that choke slam. And for those of you who somehow don't, I always assume that everyone who listens to this podcast is so nerdy and knows every detail about the behind the scenes of that match. And for some reason, you haven't watched that match. Um, Hell in a Cell is at King of the Ring 98? Yes. Yeah, it's, way, it's 21 years, so 98. Yeah, because Hell in a Cell, the first one was 97, and I think yeah. that was the second one. So if if you haven't watched it, watch it again. And he gets tossed off the cell, climbs back up, and then the worst one. No, they stretch him out, and then like. And he gets off of it, comes back, and he gets choke slam through the cage, through the top of the cell. And that's an accident. That was not supposed yeah. to happen. And he talks about how it was the worst choke slam he ever took. In fact, one of his feet is still on the ground. It never leaves the cage. And he talks about how lucky he is that he couldn't get up. Because if he'd gotten up, he would have gone straight down on his head. No, it would have been like he would have gone up. And then when he goes down, momentum, because he doesn't, mm-hmm. the cage breaks, he would have kept turning and land on his head. But since his foot got kind of stuck, he never got up. He was flat. He didn't have anything on it. So he just fell flat to the ring. And he's like, it could have so saved my lucky. life. I mean, it still sent teeth through his lip and, yeah. and knocked him completely it into another world. sent his tooth through his lip and into his nostril, didn't it? Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I mean, the more I, the, the more I, it, no matter how many years go by, I think about that match and I'm just like, I mean, if you were to show that to someone right now, like if I was to show my brother that match, I should do that actually. Cause you know, my brother watched wrestling. In he the hasn't 80s. seen it? Probably, no, I can't imagine oh he's ever seen that. Oh my God. And it's just, anyways, um, we derailed, but, um, <laughs> Monday night, let's go back to Monday night. We've talked about, uh, many things here. Uh, what else have we left well, off? Well, you mentioned Ricochet in the new champion, uh, new championship. 
he defended. No, he didn't defend. It was a one-on-one match against AJ Styles. Yes. In the main event. That was a shockingly, that was a really good match. I'm being sarcastic. I mean, it was a no-brainer. I thought it was great. Even though it wasn't like some particular story, I, I just enjoyed that match. Those guys, you know how I say I don't just like watching random wrestling? When they're that good, I do. Yeah. I mean, you're talking. Yeah. Those, There's always going to be exceptions. Those are two of, those are two of the top ten in the world at any time. And I thought that, I thought it was, did you enjoy it? Oh, of course. I thought it was awesome. Um, it was a phenomenal match, no pun intended. And, uh, that, you know, listen, hey, give, give, give the hardcore fans of just wrestling a storyline where it's just two guys who can go every week. Um, I don't know exactly. Now, I got a really interesting, um, was it an email about, or was it a tweet that I saw about all the different people who were kind of casted off this week? I don't think I saw it in the email. Basically, it was like all these people are getting casted off. Are they all going to turn out to be the puppets in Firefly Funhouse? Oh, I think it was. Yeah. It was an email? It was. Um, and it made a lot of sense, too. Yeah. There's so many damn messages here. And also, a lot of people think that if we do um, a watch party for SummerSlam, the podcast should be afterwards. Because no one wants a preview podcast when it's dated the next day. That is an an excellent point. We could also just do topic, though. Yeah. So we don't have to do a podcast from after a four-hour pay-per-view. That's true. That's the problem. People are worn out after that pay-per-view. And also, like, I'm going to Spain the next day, guys. I yeah, mean, I mean, you got yeah, a lot to do. It's... So here's what it says. Um, this is from Tim. Oh wait, my brother's calling me right now. Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm recording. I'm recording Cheap Heat, but I actually just talked about you on Cheap Heat. Wait, am I on the air? Yeah, you are. Oh, then I don't want to say what I have to say. Oh, what's it about? Is it exciting? It's about something we were talking about earlier. All right, great. We, we text, that's wild cryptic. What were you saying about me on Cheap Heat, though? <laughs> um, we, we were talking about, I wonder, I was like, I really should show my brother this match. I doubt he's ever seen it because I can't imagine how someone who's never seen this match would react. Have you ever seen the Mick Foley Undertaker Hell in a Cell match where Foley gets thrown off the cell? What do you think? Do you think that I have or haven't? I think you have not. Yes, you'd be correct. And so I'm curious to what someone who's watched many wrestling matches before, but they were in the, the 80s, and then like the random stuff I, you see me watching today, what they would think of that match if they just sat and watched the whole thing because it's so shocking. But we'll we'll have that experiment. You know what? Maybe I'll record it for cheap heat. That would be exciting. Oh, Got to. I could be like a guest. Yeah, we'll watch the thing, and I'll get your reaction. That means I might become known by a celebrity. I think so. I think you'd be very popular. All right, uh, text Dude, me. Let's do that. All right, later on. Bye. All right, we're going to do that. We're going to have a special episode of GP. <laughs> it was wild cryptic. <laughs> yeah, it was about something we talked about before. <laughs> Tim writes us. Mail. Hey, guys. First time, medium time. It really hasn't been that long yet. Much love, though. I couldn't help but notice a trend during last night's Raw. Four wrestlers, Nikki Cross, Drake Maverick, Gallows, and Anderson, were in some way, shape, or form shunned or brushed aside by people they care about. I couldn't help but notice. Don't you think it could be argued that these four each resemble a character from Firefly Funhouse? Nikki, for the witch. Drake, the rabbit. Anderson, the buzzard. Gallows, the pig. Could they be laying the foundation for a Firefly faction? Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I mean, I love that. I don't think so, but that's just thoughtful and creative. 
And the fact that it starts off with you writing Nikki and Drake makes me think that this is like a weird young money email. Um, Yo, Ramblin' the- Rabbit wears a tie. Drake Maverick did have a tie around his Ooh. head. And then did you see the pictures people took, the stills of them popping up in the <laughs> yes. background? Nah, that, that, I appreci- that's good. I appreciate that because that is a thing that I did not notice on first watch. And then people posted it, and then I look out for it. But I like little details like that, little Easter eggs. Just yeah, that is really cool. When people sent me those, they freaked me out, actually. And it's like, I want more of that and less of Michael Cole going, the wacky, scary, firefly funhouse. I, it's, guys, you can't, I know it's like, yeah. they probably think it's all of a sudden stupid to let a weird promo play and not say anything. Even though for 30 years they've been playing weird promos and not saying anything. So and now, it's worked. And now they're overdoing it. Like, okay, we know you're aware, but just come back and be like, I don't understand this Firefly Funhouse. It's, it's, it creeps me out every time. Anyways, you don't have to go, the creepy, the wacky. Um, it's just, it's overdone. But, um, I am, I am very curious. There was no appearance of Firefly Funhouse no, on either show, right? Because they, they're here. <laughs> they, they're creeping around yeah. the, the building no, now. They're, they're in. So now I'm just curious to see exactly how they make their presence felt because that's it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, and that 24-7 thing, um, I'll say this. I am enjoying the 24-7 championship. I read an article about how Into Our Truth Vince is. But I will say it comes right up to the line of making me feel a little bit iffy about it. <laughs> Why is that? R2's I mean, character is just so stupid. Like, it's a little close. You don't think? No, I love it. You don't think when he says stuff like, I don't know, like all the stuff of misunderstanding words. Well, um, yeah, no, that's a little buffoonery. It's a little bit of buffoonery there. That's That's like cheap humor. That I, like it's, but it didn't. It didn't. I'm shocked that it didn't hit your racial. This is SGG we're talking to. Yeah, but he's been like you this, won't even watch an old episode of Thunder in Paradise. No, absolutely not. Absolutely but, not. but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit that for you. Well, like our truth playing the, a character, depicting a character that's somewhat offensive. No, because mostly he dropped the shuck and jive thing. So I think so. my beef with him is it's <laughs> sort of. So you're okay with the character dead. being ridiculously stupid, sort of. Because, like, he says something dumb, and then Carmelo's like, I'll explain for him. Yeah. But, I mean, he's been this dumb the whole time, though. He has. And you know what? I mean, even through the little Jimmy stuff. Like, that is yeah. kind of amazing. And let's face it, man. Like, there's dumb people of all races. You just got to. They, they're still in the tribe. You know, yeah, I'm not true. expecting him to be Lanny Poffo. I like that's the standard for smart. He's the genius. He's the genius. So, that's a great point. What white wrestlers have played a role that dumb besides um, Carl Anderson? I mean, um, <laughs> not Carl Anderson. I got it backwards. Which one? Luke Gallows? Luke Gallows. Wasn't Luke Gallows before he was Luke Gallows? Yeah. What's his face? Festus. Festus. There was Eugene where like they went but all the was, way with it. Well, like, that was like special see, needs. See, that was, all right, it was like special needs, but he yeah. actually also didn't have special needs. So no. like, that's, a, that's the line. They jumped right over it, but it, I know. It's funny though, because he was playing a character, so now it would never fly. But at the same time, was it offensive? I guess people who, you know, I guess you'd have to have, ask someone who has someone who's has um, a special needs a loved one, whom if they felt like it was just offensive inherently, 
because yeah. he was a very lovable character. He was, but, but by he playing was, the character, is it inherently offensive? And and at the I same guess you would time, say yes. too, yeah, exactly. And at the same time, too, it's like because he had special needs, didn't mean that he had to like like he didn't. His jacket was never buttoned up right. Like he always needed help. There but, people, but, with, but when he started wrestling, though, when he started imitating other people. It was on and popping. It was. It was. It was. I'm not going to lie. No, no, but I, I hear you. I, that I, aspect of the gimmick, fire. Like, what can you say? Like, it was hot. He yeah. was a fan. He was like I'm probably, all of us. Yeah, I'm probably being a little racially sensitive there, but I don't know. I just feel like if you showed a black person who never watched wrestling, our truth Right. And saw his character right now, they'd be like, what? Who was this? True, but then like. Like, I sh- run it through the Ebro filter. If, you if sh- I showed Ebro our truth his reaction would be like, this is what you're watching? This but, is what they're doing? But he wouldn't like, he might not like his theme song though. He might not like the raps. He definitely wouldn't like the raps. I'm, I'm skipping past the raps altogether. He might not like the bars. Well, who would like the bars? They, they, somebody likes them. I mean, you like them better now just because they don't instruct <laughs> and drive, but they're still I do bad. like them better now. Um, anyways, uh, they played out the whole Drake Maverick storyline and um, honestly, I, I was happier when they had the wedding thing be kind of a social media thing, not turn it into like a huge story on TV, even though I am happy that it's getting Drake, Maverick, more TV time. But also, he was a general manager of 205 Live. He didn't need it. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. But he's like, he has a whole thing to oversee that he doesn't. Yeah, but 205 Live, they don't, no one sees it. If they think he's, I guess they think he's good enough with good reason to put him on Raw. So they're trying to find an angle, you know. True, but I mean, but at the same time, like, how do you justify that, right? Like the GM of a brand is now running, spending all of his time running around two other brands r- trying to get a championship, the lowest end championship, right? But like, which by the way, what they about need, that brand? They need to change the name of the twenty four seven title to the Roll Up Championship and have it sponsored by Fruit Roll Up because the only way to win that title is to roll someone up. Well, no, for the first time in history, though. He Slater actually hit a move and then pinned. Yes, I know. Our truth and but then is every other one a roll up. And then our truth rolled him up. But then um, Cedric Alexander hit the lumbar check, and yeah. then EC3 hit the all dirty D's, the one percenter like that yeah. front face lock DDT. So people got hit with moves to this lose time. the championship. This but time, for, so, but for the most part, it's a sixty-five, seventy percent roll up championship. Yeah, and I don't understand why all of a sudden. A roll-up, which gets broken, kicked out of five times during every match. If you hit it to someone on the street, they cannot escape it. It is the roll-up championship brought to you by Fruit Roll-Up. Is it because it's not in the ring? So like the it hurts the your shoulders doesn't more? have as much give? Yeah, you can't slide. Yeah, like, maybe, it hurts too much. Maybe. But at the wedding, I feel like Drake Maverick could have kicked out. I feel like somebody should have helped him. You had groomsman. EC3 was a groomsman. Did nothing. He was the best man. He just watched you get rolled up at your wedding. And I'm, Or at least try to take out our truth himself and get the title back. Yeah. Or take out the ref. If there's no ref, you get to just go great. to the reception and chill. That's a great point. Why did you let this dude someone show just, up to your wedding in a striped someone, shirt? Someone just pull the referee out yeah. of that way. Um, no sense. Alexa Bliss and Bailey um, continued on Monday with a tag match against or sorry, Alexa one on one with Naomi. Yep, and then she beat Naomi way too fast for me too. Like that was absurd. Yeah, well, they tried to have it that Naomi got kind of didn't she get kind of distracted on the outside? And yeah, then but came nah, back I, don't, in. I don't care why, man. Naomi's a former two time SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, but they do that all the time with what? Look, what look what they did with New Day and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. 
The first match they had it with New Day against uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, it was a four-minute match. Yeah. All of a sudden, right. the New Day just beat them quickly just to get it done with. And by the way, we have to talk about this. So Vince is reportedly, all of a sudden, after 40 years of television, upset with the idea that matches keep going when you go to commercial. So now he wants to have all these two out of three falls matches? Yeah. I, the, what the hell? He's What's going on? That's not the solution, first of all, the two out of three falls matches. No, no. And also, that's not the problem. We're used to it. You th- with all <laughs> due respect to Mr. McMahon, you think that the low ratings are because this one little silly thing that's existed in wrestling since the dawn of time right. is being noticed? And people are like, you know, I would watch the rest of this match, but, I mean, it's happening during commercial. How do I even know what's going on? Yeah, well, matches don't end during commercial, so, like, you don't give people a reason to stay or, like, it doesn't it, – it, that's not – this is not the reason the, the ratings aren't good. But also, even if that was his uh, his reasoning behind it, right, they've already implemented the solution to this made-up problem that they have. They have the picture-in-picture picture on the commercial. I know. People's, people don't even pay attention to the commercials. They're still watching wrestling. It's, I know. It's it, crazy. It, it doesn't break up the flow And how many all. two or three falls matches were there this week? There was two on SmackDown. I know. There, and, and, then, I, and I hate about I, you know I, I you want to talk about unrealistic. I hate two out of three falls matches because all of a sudden these dudes who if they're wrestling every time they wrestle it takes twenty minutes to get a pin, get a pin in three minutes. I hate that about two out of three falls. It's so dumb. Like if you're gonna do that, then every once in a while a match just needs to end when someone hits a random move. But that yep. never happens. No one ever – back in the day, say what you will about how things can't translate from what they were in 1988 to now. But in 1988, if you were watching a random match on primetime, superstars, whatever, it wasn't always the finisher that won someone a match. Yep, and it makes you, makes those wrestlers more credible too, those people who can beat guys a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Like, you know, like Randy Orton should be able to beat people off of that middle rope DDT. That should be a finish. He shouldn't need to RKO constantly. RKO should be special. It's not all the time. Like, and that's just one thing that drives me crazy. So then when you're watching a match and all of a sudden, Kofi gets a pin in four minutes against Dolph Ziggler, it's like, he's, he hasn't been able to beat Dolph Ziggler that easily. Or how about, month. or how about this? Last week, during another two out of three falls match, by the way, uh, when it was Kofi, Kingston, and Seth against KO and Sammy in a tag team match on SmackDown, he pinned Sammy as soon as the bell rang. He hit a Trouble in Paradise, pinned him. One, two, three. As soon as the bell rang. By the way, I, it also it also bothered. Trouble in Paradise, I have issues with Trouble in Paradise, period, as a finisher. It's it's a move that people people hit in Seguri kicks all the time. <laughs> okay. And it's not a pin. I'm sorry. Kofi's is, like, so powerful. It's just... Owen Hart's in Seguri gave Shawn Michaels a concussion that time, though. Well, put him out. So then maybe make it on Hart's finisher. But <laughs> in the case of Kofi, Kofi's so capable of other stuff too. You know, I just don't know. It's just I feel like it's time to update. He he has the title right now, bro. He has the SOS, the, and, and every, the everybody SOS. does that super kick. Everybody does a super kick, though. Right? He can't do that either. He can't do a super. Maybe kick. it should be an off the top rope thing. Some sort of splash. Some sort of something. Though Kofi doesn't flip a lot. He jumps high. He doesn't flip. Right? No. He he does not. Do moonsaults really? I'm, I he more just jumps and turns. Yeah, like, I can't picture him doing a moonsault. Right? I think some people though, it's different for different people. Like he's super athletic and get up super high, but having that ability to tuck your head and risk 
doing that, that's just not for everybody. No, it, and it does take a lot of control over your body, like, um, and precision that, like you said, not everybody has. I, listen, Neville bro, had it. I can barely do a somersault, bro. In my old age, if you wanted, if I went to wrestling, they're like, all right, well, the first thing I want to do is teach you to roll. I can barely roll. <laughs> like, literally, it take, I have to really push myself hard to feel comfortable tucking my head to roll. Cause it's like unnatural though. Like, it you're forcing so your body unnatural. to do. What, and then your body fights. It's like, no, don't you're gonna get hurt? Don't. And do then it. you watch like poor Alexa Bliss with Ronda Rousey, and you think every time the same move happens, Ronda Rousey might break your neck. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I, I I knew. So I knew all along through Alexa Bliss's thing what had happened, and that was probably the most working I've ever done on this podcast because she wasn't talking publicly about what her injuries were. But if you watch the 365, she opens up about what happened. Yeah, and they show it. They show Ronda injure her. At, I think it was one's on TV at the pay per view and one's at a house show, but it's the same thing. So both, she ran it back with that with the same move, injured yep. her. Yep. Followed up and injured her again, and it's nothing. It's some basic nothing, and she landed on her head. Um, listen, I don't know enough about wrestling in that regard to say I don't know. Maybe Alexa could have done something differently, but my gut, my, what I do know, would probably say that the that the newbie. Would probably be the you well, know. the person in control of the. Well, I haven't seen the move, so I'm not even gonna say. But like, the person in control of the move, too. Yeah. When Although, listen, by the same token, you know, I mean, no one talks a lot about Sasha and Paige. Yeah, true. And that's that was the end of Paige's career, at least as we know it right now. By the way, where is Paige? Paige is managing the Kabuki Warriors. Ah, uh, that's right. But where are they? Are set to have a tag team championship match against the Iconics in Japan. I don't know when WWE goes to Japan. I think they might be in Japan right now. Uh, it's right now. Yes. So they're having a match. So she's in Japan. So yeah, while they're in Japan, or they're, they're, they're in, they're in, match. um, they're in whatchamacallit, Singapore right now, and then they're going. Wow. But I can't believe you mentioned the Iconics. Remember this. Never forget this uh, great moment in history. I mean, come on. That was one of the great moments in the history of... I mean, listen, let's be honest, too. It was also cheap heat cultural appropriation, but we're going to we're gonna let it slide. It was. Well, I was there, though. As long as I was there, you can appropriate. As long as I'm included. I was worried it was they were going to get a shirt made that said mage. Oh, no. But, yo, it's crazy. When you just said the Kabuki Warriors and you said Iconics, I was like, yo, they're all still on TV? I forgot. Like, literally, the Iconics have disappeared the last couple weeks. They were there last week just to set up this match. And then, yeah, like you said, they haven't been around. Although, I don't mind that as much. No, it's when, good. It's kind of good. When you're cycling the talent in and out and you're using everybody properly. It's a good point. But then when you have, as much as I love them, Kofi Kingston on both shows, multiple Constantly, segments no. on both shows, then, yeah, people are getting cycled out. But nobody's getting cycled in, and that's the problem. And also, champions are the ones who need a little space. It's true. It's so true. You know, if you, you you guys have to understand, for any of the young people listening, you have to understand how little, when we were kids, we saw Hulk Hogan. It, it's a fact. And, you know, as much as I praise Bret Hart and everything that he uh, brought to the injury. That and, era was different. He was around more. No, this, was, this is completely on him. Like, he won the title and was like, I'm going to be a fighting champion, blah, blah, blah. He showed up on Monday nights, defended the title on Raw's. And now that's become the standard. And like you said, we didn't need to see Hogan all the time. No, he would. They would show a package. Yeah. You might see the same interview with him three times. 
They'd be like, oh, Hulk Hogan was, and they'll <laughs> show him with me and Gene again. You're like, damn, I already saw this interview. It's true. But you're waiting for the match. And then, oh my gosh, when Saturday night's main event rolled around and he had a main event against someone. It could be anybody, but it didn't it matter because you were incredible. getting to see yeah. the champion. You were getting to see him have his match, bruh. If you guys want to understand what the, like, the most exciting feeling I've ever had as a wrestling fan is those intros to Saturday night's main event. When they're cutting between they people play, talking. And they and would then, show who's going to be there. Yeah, like. right before the music. So they're playing music. That I've said this on the podcast a million times, but the thing would come up on the screen that says Saturday Night Live will not be seen this week because of the following NBC Sports presentation. Bruh, I checked the TV I lived week. for that. I checked the TV week, which was the DC TV guide in the Washington Post. I checked that TV week the second it came on Sundays to see the following Saturday. I would always check. <laughs> and that when it said... It's the, true because it was like a SNL off week when they, would, yeah. they just went around. Yeah, a few times... I mean, man, in retrospect, it only could have been four or five times that I ever saw it happen because I was only in for a couple of years that hardcore when they were running them that often. Yeah. And the, the handful of times that it said Saturday Night's Main Event and it had the little wrestling logo, they had, they had like a little logo in the thing that was like two guys grappling. I was like, oh my. And we would sit there. My parents would let us stay up or we would tape it and watch it the next day. I don't even remember. And when that thing starts and that thing comes up that says SNL will not be seen and then you hear the music and then it cuts to Hulk Hogan like, tonight, I'm, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe he has yeah, a match tonight. That, this can't even be happening. The like excitement. It was, and, and I know we can't go back to that. I get it. But to Greg's point, you can't have one person who's the champion just d- dominating your TV for an entire Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, and especially when you have two champions at the same level. And again, that speaks also back to my point, and I stick by this more than ever. Titles need to go on the New Day, and they need to toughen up the New Day a little bit. I'm done with the pancakes, bruh. Let's move past pancakes. In fact, I want the cartoon to go away. That little cartoon thing that comes out, the blue cartoon for them. I think it should be a – they can still be funny. But I think if they just turned it a notch more adult, a notch more serious – you have the potential to have someone who's like an earth-shattering star in 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 all three of them, really. Yeah, that's what makes it so unique. And the fact that the new day that the two that Xavier and Biggie have these incredible matches, right? And now that Kofi's been solo so long, you like the chemistry between Biggie and Xavier as a tag team is amazing. Kofi yeah. as a solo star is amazing. You could go further with this. Don't just play us out. Don't just give them to us three nights straight with the same thing over and over again. You got to keep this fresh to make this as good as it could continue to be. Yeah, and you know, kudos to the New Day because they haven't run out of gas on this for a while. So what? I thought they were going to break. We, how many? We predicted a breakup. I like did two like, years ago. Two years ago. So it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Especially um, during that long uh, title reign, how many times did we say they were going to drop oh, it? Oh yeah, it what? never happened. Um, wh- all right, what else do we need to hit this week? Alistair Black finally has a challenger. Somebody knocked on his door. We don't know who it is, but um. He looked kind of psychotic this week. Alistair? Yeah. Yeah, he did last week too, but particularly this week. I'm not that into the promos though, if I'm being honest with you. And I love Alistair Black. I just don't know what he's talking about. I don't know where this, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. I don't know where this came from. I know that they don't believe anyone watches NXT, but like we all know who Alistair Black but is. But not even that though. And uh, they said this on this podcast I listened to called The A Show. They introduced Alistair Black with Ricochet to pull him and then like a week later run promos reintroduce it like you already told us who he was he had a major match on wrestlemania weekend he was a big part of the build to wrestlemania week 
And then he's had, and he had so many matches on both shows. Raw yeah. and SmackDown. They had like, tons of tag matches. They won tons of tag matches. We know who he is. So why are you airing these promos to like? Well, that's exactly sort of the feeling that him. I feel when I watch. I'm like, what? Why? I already know you. He didn't even, he wasn't even injured or anything like that. But, um, he's got a challenger though. And I am curious to see who, who it was that, uh, knocked on his door. I thought it would be Bray, but at the same time, now it feels like that doesn't make any sense because they both been built up so much. That they need to stay away from each other. Who did they set up for with um, the backstage fight with Andrade last week? I'm forgetting. I cannot remember that either. You saw it though, right? No. You didn't? Andrade beat someone up backstage last week. Oh, oh Apollo Crews. Yeah. Is that happening still? I, I think so. There was a, you know, WWE sent out a tweet with Andrade and Zelina Vega talking crap to Apollo Crews. So going to lead somewhere i do like that andrade is not dealing with finn anymore because again it goes back to what i was saying about samoa joe though you lose the championship opportunity and then you move on to something else and finn is going to move on to shinsuke apparently who showed up backstage shinsuke is still around shinsuke is still around wow Uh, i'm happy to hear that because yeah rusev still choosing to be on the shelf choosing to be on the shelf i believe so I think he just doesn't, I think he doesn't, from what I heard, and I, I didn't hear that from an inside source, I heard that from people we know, that, you know, yeah. people like us, that he doesn't, is choosing not to work. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. So, anyways, we'll see. Also, um, someone made the point to me, and I feel bad that I keep forgetting all these smart things people tell me. I wish I could credit everybody, but I'm not smart enough to remember. Um, <laughs> someone was like, was it Dip? Was it Brian? Was it someone in our group chat? Was it Andrew? You covered everybody now. You can yeah. I just shout out everybody. Um, Why? Why is it Lacey and Baron Corbin? Why not Charlotte and Andrade? If we're gonna do the real couples thing, Becky and Charlotte. If you're about, and and I mean, let's be honest too. Andrade and Seth. What tear it down? Tear, but they'd burn it down. And and oh, Andrade is on SmackDown. Doesn't matter. Alexa Bliss is fighting for the SmackDown Women's Championship as a Raw superstar. No, so she's right. just on both shows now. It her doesn't and Kofi matter. are just there are certain people who are just on both shows her and Nikki are on both shows all together. Her and Nikki Cross, that is. Um Did we announce last week too that Nikki Bella said she's officially retired? Oh, we did not. Yeah. Oh, she said that she had like a cyst on her brain too. Yeah, I don't even know how you get those. Yeah, I don't I think that just happens. Well, how you treat obviously them. It, uh, well I think it turned out to be um, obviously benign, and so they were able to either remove – I don't know if they removed it or they just knew it would be okay and they just needed to – I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, sort of a bummer of an end for Nikki's career. But that moment, she did have a – they really changed – Nikki in particular really changed her role in wrestling a lot from the first seven years to like the middle – those couple years she had when she really turned it up. Around yeah. when she started dating Cena. I mean, absolutely. Like, and I, I don't think anybody would have thought of them, um, but like you said, Nikki in particular, as women who could carry the division the way they did. No, and we will, they'll, by the way, they'll probably go in the Hall of Fame like next year. They need to though. Like, they, we are so focused on sort of the grappling aspect of it and the wrestling, and I'm guilty of this too, that people are hesitant to just admit how much the Bellas changed, like, the whole landscape of it all. Yeah, no, the, for the way it exists today, they played a major role. Um, 
I mean, listen, there have been plenty of people who've been inducted already who are way less worthy than the Bellas. Nikki's run when she was at her best, I thought was very good. Um, I really loved how strong, I, I've said this on the podcast a billion times. She was such a realistic threat to some of the girls in the division who other people just, there wasn't anyone else who looked like she they could take them She got jacked out of nowhere and then just yeah. started looking like she could ragdoll people. Yeah. And was. And was. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that run for them. But, uh, yeah, good luck to Nikki Bella. Uh, bummer of an ending, but hell of a run. SGG, listen, we've given the people a second hour. Now they're up to like almost two hours this week. They are. They are. I just, I do want to do one thing. I want to address. Black Power Rankings? I forgot before about the Black Power Rankings. I, w- I do want to address that AEW email that the, the accusations of. Oh, do you want me AEW to hit the drop for hit. you? Hold on. Cause, uh, you're calling it an accusation. It is an accusation. All right, let's. Mail. So, um, I'm not going to read the email. Rosenberg already just basically gave the gist of it. Um, you know, a listener wrote in wondering why I hate AEW so much. And I got to say, I don't hate AEW. I, I actually, I feel like I care for AEW more than most people who call themselves AEW fans because I want AEW to succeed. And I think that the way for them to do that is to not make themselves so concerned with what happens in WWE. I want them to build and find their own identity. And right now it's consumed so much by hate for WWE that it's, it's, they, they can't live off that. That's not going to be a solid foundation for them. So when I see them going in that direction, yeah, I don't support that because I would rather they go the other way. I'd rather they stand on the strength of their own product and what they have to offer rather than saying, WWE is doing this and we're not doing that. And it was even evidenced by the Kenny Omega tweet of, you know, trying to take the moral high ground over an evolved show when your company is no better. Now, if you had just been focusing on what you had to do, you wouldn't have had to look like an idiot. And that's my problem with AEW. Just, just do what you do and then be great at it so that we can all enjoy it rather than try to tear down WWE because you, like you said, you want to provide an alternative. Being another toxic promotion is not an alternative. You're just, just the same. You're just the same. And you know, I understand that people hate WWE enough that they want to give AEW a pass on that. But I'm not one of those people. If you're saying that we should be able to choose wrestling and you want to have great wrestling out there, you don't have to tear down WWE. You can thrive alongside them and build what you're doing without having to worry about what they're doing. So you get to the point where, People aren't concerned with WWE, but you're giving people a reason to be concerned with WWE. And I fear that if they do that to the extent that they've been doing it, they're going to move themselves out of existence because uh, they're doing most of the work for WWE at that point. I am trying to give the guy a shout out who sent this email. I just can't find it. It is Austin. Is that who it was? Yes, Austin. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this last name. All right, well, we'll just oh, there it is. Yeah, shout out to Austin though for the. I understand, Greg. I understand where you're coming from too. But yeah. I think that's actually a solid point. Um, Welcome to the shoot, Arrow but Baby. But also, when Greg gets pushed up against the wall on any subject. What's your sign, Greg? <laughs> Virgo. I don't know if that's a Virgo thing. I, I feel like it's more a Sagittarius or Leo thing. But you dig in. But if, you, if you get pushed, you dig in. I, but listen, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong too. I True. said this, I said this here, and I said it on Twitter. 
that AEW and WWE are not at war. I was wrong. This is clearly a war, and the fans are clearly enjoying it, but I still stand by the fact that AEW well, can the early days of a war. It is the early days they, of they, a war. They need a lot more. They have to do more before. But it, it, I mean, listen. It's a great time for war, though, because this is the time. What's been happening in wrestling Twitter has been super entertaining. So, I mean, I was wrong on all counts. They are definitely going to war, and we'll, people do definitely love it. We'll know what the war looks like for real when we see what the week one ratings look like. Absolutely. The, the first few weeks. Now, but, Greg, without any further ado. Bad echo, but an echo nonetheless. What do you got? In at number three. The new WWE 24-7 champion for 30 seconds, Cedric Alexander. Um, wow. Listen, I've said this here uh, before. I see. I'll say uh-huh. it again. The 24-7 championship is the hottest thing in all of pro wrestling. Are you sure you're watching enough indie wrestling to say it's the hottest thing in the world? It is the hottest thing in all of pro wrestling. First of all, first of all, there's too much indie wrestling. So no, I'm not watching enough because I just, there's no, there's not enough time for me to follow everything and everybody. But, But listen, it's better than anything happening in your new Japan. It's better than anything happening in ROH. It's better than anything going to NXT. It's definitely the best thing on the main roster. This twenty four seven championship is the hottest thing smoking. I I'm I'm gonna go with the iconics here. Ew, you're a pug. <laughs> it's fun. I wouldn't call it the hottest thing going. I mean, come on, bro. Do you see what happens to the crowd when they see that green belt making appearance? People do like it. People do pop for it. But I'm I'm gonna wait another week or two. And at number two, I'm going with the new day. Um, they just dominated. Both the tag team scene, like with Biggie and Xavier, they like you said, they're coming into their own as a tag team. Yep. Um, they had a great performance on Monday night, followed up with another great performance on Tuesday, and then Kofi, you know, I'm hesitant to call him their leader, but it feels like that's what he is as the champion Has to be. of the of the entire company. He is still on that incredible winning streak that goes back before WrestleMania. So in um, number two. Yeah, all the way to uh Elimination Chamber. Yeah, in number that, two. No, the before Elimination because he won his way into Elimination Chamber. All right, what do you got for number and one? Number two has to be the new day. And the number one, like I said, twenty four seven championship, hottest thing smoking and uh all the pro wrestling. So I gotta give it to the twenty four seven champion, R Truth. Oh my lord. And I, I gotta Ew, you're a pug. I gotta shout out a listener too, um at Eric Creaseman. So last week I mentioned that I wanted to buy that 24-7 shirt. And this listener did not. He wanted to hold me to that. So much so that he Venmoed me the funds to purchase the shirt. So the shirt has been purchased. What, he gave you the money for he it? Gave, he gave me what? the money. Greg's not poor, guys. He gave, <laughs> you don't need, Greg's not little Jimmy, okay? He gave me the money to buy the shirt. And you, and, know, and you accepted it. Of course, because he's well, physically cheap. Don't ever. Well, no, his, said, you could have said no. I can't call you cheap. You did just buy me Advil. <laughs> thank, thank. But you could have said, you know what? I appreciate it, man. But I'm a lawyer. I'm doing great. Cheap eats making millions. Well, here's dollars. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Though I was going to, you know, respectfully decline. But then Crystal pointed out to me, you know, how 
annoyed I get sometimes when I try to do something nice for somebody and they respectfully decline. Not always, but I get like that sometimes. Right. And now, the, hey, I want to do something nice. You don't have to decline. Just accept it. Right. And, and by the way, remind me to tell you something annoying about dip immediately after this. Okay. And then, so I accepted and then, you know, he, he sent me, you know, a, a lot of nice messages, but this one stood out really. He said, you know, I appreciate you allowing me to contribute to your mageness. I hope you enjoy it a fraction of the amount as I enjoy the hard work you fellas do for me and all the listeners. Wear it in good health and hashtag with the life. Best to the valet and the entire pod crew. Thanks for letting me feel like I've given a little to the guys who have given me so much entertainment. Well, why do you just give it Take to you care. then? I guess that's the question. Well, I, I he, he knows you have a mage t-shirt collection, Rosenberg. I need to build up great point. my collection, all right? Um, that is very nice. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Eric. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll give him one of these. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. <laughs> Dipperstein, not surprisingly, I'm sure no one will be surprised by this, when we go out to dinner, always tries to pay, right? Unless I've been with him for like four days straight, in which case he starts giving up after like day two and lets me start paying for <laughs> But like, okay, and you're saying, well, he's, a, he's your agent, so he can write some of it off. Yes, he can write off our one meal together. But he can't write off a weekend. If we're like, you know, Dip's one of the few friends as an adult that I see for like a couple of days in LA or a wrestling weekend or whatever. Right. So it gets to the point where he's so insistent about paying and it's annoying to that I'm like, you know what? Not only am I going to accept and let you pay, I'm not going to thank you at the end. <laughs> That's the heel move I'm giving back to you because I want, I'm trying to pay. Right. You're trying you won't to let me. You're trying to make a point now. Okay, you get the point, but you get no credit. You get no thank you. You get nothing. All you're getting to do is pay, and I still end up feeling bad and can't really do it. <laughs> but that whole paying thing, man, people can – adults love to fight over checks. Don't bother. Unless someone is clearly outright like rich and the other person has nothing. Yeah. And like, you know, one person's a kid and the other person's a grown-up. With Besides that, just split the bill, man. Just split the bill, or you get this one, I get the next one. And Basically, we go back and yeah. Forth. That's it. But anyways, that was a real aside. But SGG, listen, I'd like you to do me a favor, and over the course of the next week, I'd like you to stay mage and enjoy yourself. And take it easy, P. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the majesty, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce, shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.